You're now listening to a Word for Deliverance podcast with Pastor Leonard D. Cochran of A Place of Refuge Noonan. A Place of Refuge Noonan is located in the city of Noonan, Georgia. To stay better connected with us for more exclusive information and updates, download our church app, A Place of Refuge Noonan, or visit our church website at apor-noonan.org. Now, let's join in for today's message. Notice in Numbers 14 and notice verse number 23. This is Jehovah or Jehovah and he is speaking through his servant Moses and he's dealing with the Israelites. And so notice in Numbers 14 and 23 that God is upset. God is angry with the Israelites. And he is letting Moses know to let the people know that he is angry with them over their disobedience. And so notice in Numbers 14, y'all hang in here and be patient with me this morning because the word is important this morning. Numbers 14 and 23. And so notice what God says to the Israelites. He said, they certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. Notice they have been disobedient to God a number of times. Even in the scriptures, God himself had told Moses the amount of times that Israel had been disobedient and had complained against him. On one occasion, he said they had did it these ten times. And so God had had enough, and so he's letting them know that they're not going to enter into the promised land. But notice verse number 24. He said, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. Now we know, of course, it wasn't just Caleb, but it was Caleb and Joshua. But here God singles out Caleb as being his servant, notice carefully, and being someone when it came to the other Israelites, God noticed about Caleb, notice in verse 24, that he had a different spirit. He had a different spirit. Notice that. Notice Joshua 15. And so God said, because he has a different spirit, I'm going to bring him into the promised land. Or I'm going to bless him. Notice Joshua 15. Because y'all remember, we have been talking about Ephraim and other tribes that went in the promised land, but they did not drive out the enemies. But they learned to tolerate their enemies. And so we've been talking about if we really want what God has for us, then there are times we have to drive out enemies who are trying to stand in the way. Come on, somebody. Joshua 15, and notice verse 13. Now Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, he gave a share among the children of Judah, according to the commandment of the Lord to Joshua, namely Kejaph Arbor, which is in Hebron. Arbor was the father of Anak. Now the children of Anak were the giants. Notice verse 14. Caleb drove out the three sons of Anak. 
Remember, these are the giants. The Hebrew word for them has to do with the long neck or the stiff neck people. Because again, they were giants. And Caleb, according to verse 14, drove out the three sons of Anak from there, Shishiah, Ahiman, and Tamiah, the children of Anak. Notice when Joshua got, when Caleb got to the land where the giants was, he drove them out. And he got what God had for him. But notice he was only able to do it because the Bible says, or God said about him, y'all listen to me, that he had a different spirit. He decided not to be like others, that he was going to be different. Listen, he saw folk disrespecting God, and he decided, you know, I'm not going to be like that. He was one of the 12 who went to spy out the land of Canaan. Him and Joshua brought back a positive report. The other 10 spies brought back a negative report which the children of Israel believed, and they missed God. But listen to me carefully. Remember, he had a different spirit. And so based upon that, I want to minister from the subject, I don't mind being different. I want to minister from the subject, I don't mind being different. I want to teach from the subject, I don't mind being different. And if you agree with me, I want you to look at our neighbor and tell your neighbor, I don't mind being different. Look at one more neighbor and tell him or her, I don't mind at all being, you finish it. And come on, let's give God a praise for our subject on this morning. Can we give him a big hand of praise? I don't mind being different. I don't mind being different. When it comes to the name Caleb, the name Caleb in the Hebrew means dog. From dog we get doggett. From dogget we get devoted. And so when it came to Caleb, he was a man devoted to Jehovah. He was devoted to Yahweh. Caleb was devoted to the Most High God. And his devotion showed in or through his life. When it comes to being different, I want to give you two definitions. Number one, when a person is different, the first thing I want us to receive is that they are not the same, are not the same as. Whenever you decide to be different, again, it's saying about you that you're not the same as someone else. Number two, when, when you decide to be different, it says about you or about me that we are distinct. A person or group of folk who are different, again, they are distinct. 
Distinct is a good word because it has to do with a person being recognizably different. In other words, when you are a distinct individual, that is something that others can recognize about you. Let me break this down. When you are truly saved, you don't have to tote a big Bible around and quote a scripture every time you open up your mouth. Come on, somebody. You don't have to wear a big cross around your neck. But if you are truly a Christian, there's going to be things about you that will separate you from other people. There are going to be things that people can see about you that they can clearly say, she's not like every other woman that works here. No, I, I, I've been watching her and there's something different about her. Oh, come on, somebody. But it's also to the point when it's recognizable that it also has to do with that you can hear the difference. See, when, when, when you make up in your mind and you're determined to be different, then the way other people talk, the way other people carry on, folk can just listen, uh, oh, I wish I had somebody in the house, to how you talk and know that you're different. I know some of us are still hung up on cussing when we get mad enough. But, but there comes a time when you have to get mature to where even when folk know you're mad, when they know, can I preach it, that you good and mad about something, they don't hear you cussing. They don't hear you saying what you have no business saying. Why? You are different. You're different. One problem that we have in the church today universally is that people who claim to be saved are no different from those who don't claim to be saved. Come on, y'all don't like that. I said that's a problem in the church that some folk claim to be saved, but you act like the world. You look like the world. You talk like the world. Come on, you dress like the world. You love going where the world loves going, so I'm going to consider you to be worldly. There's nothing different. There's nothing distinct about you. Come on, somebody. But once you have been in God long enough, come on, somebody, and you have taken upon you his traits, his characteristics, then there are going to be things that stand out about you no matter where you are. Oh, I'm glad I'm getting some amen now. You can be at Food Depot, something will stand out. You can be at Dollar General, something will stand out. You can be on your job and something stands out. And definitely when you come to church, things stand out that says about you, you are different. Even when it comes to being a parent, you want to be different. You want to have the boldness to let people know, hey, we ain't raising our children to do everything. But we are peculiar. We are distinct. Come on. If you're married, there should be something about you and your spouse that separates y'all 
from married folk who are not claiming to know Jesus. If you're a single person, there should be something distinct about you. Come on, sister. Come on, my brother. That sets you apart. That says, I'm not the same as them. Now, understand me today. Being different is a good thing. But it doesn't make us better than anybody else. Come on. Just because we are saved, in totality, it doesn't make us better than somebody that's not saved. But it does mean we're better off than they are. Come on, I got to teach it right. Because one is on their way to hell. One is... Come on. You may not be better than nobody else in totality, but the difference should be when you have received Jesus as Lord and Savior, you recognize I'm better off because I'm in the will of God. That's what I let folks. You know when you really say, sometimes folks will try to throw that on you where you just think you better. Well, I'm certainly better off. If I'm in the will of God and you're out of the will of God, come on, I'm better off. But you know what we shouldn't get mad? Because I also can look back at a time when I wasn't in the will of God, when I wasn't better off. Come on, saints, and I knew folk who was in the will of God because there is a difference when you live your life being in the will of God versus being out of the will of God. The old saints used to always say the best place to be in the whole wide world is in the will of God. Then they say the safest place to be in the whole wide world is in the will of God. And like it or not, when you are in the will of God, there's going to be something different about you. How many know when you first got saved, there was a lot of changing you had to do? Paul said, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I thought as a child. I understood as a child. But when I became a man, when I became mature, I put away childish things. See, he changed. Come on, church. He changed, but he changed for the better. See, sometimes we become different, especially when we grow, when we put away childish stuff. When you are a full adult and you're grown and you're mature and you don't behave like a child, that's going to separate you from people. Come on, it's going to separate you from grown folk who are all about that drama, grown people who are all about keeping up a whole lot of mess and confusion. You can just tell them, look, I'm different. I ain't with all that confusion. I ain't with all that mess. Oh, I hope I got a church in the house. You can tell folk boldly, keep me out of that mess. Keep my name out of that. I ain't about all that. That he say, she say, I'm different. Can I teach it this morning? And see, I learned when I got saved, I wasn't going to be ashamed of being different. Y'all hear me? I wasn't going to hide being different. Now let me deal with it because when it comes to being different, we can be different in a bad sense. 
We can be different from the standpoint of, yeah, we're different. Yeah, you're not the same as, but you're different in an evil or a wicked way. Y'all hear me? Therefore, we know. And we know, yeah, we different. We really different. Because you're all about that evil and that wickedness. But then we can be different from a good or a godly sense. Listen, in that we strive to be holy or to be sanctified. Woo. See, sanctified folk dress like they sanctified. I knew my claps were going to go down then. I knew I was going to lose some, some claps then. Because some of us, we save up until we leave the house. You know, I don't know if y'all ever did, but I've seen a saved person. And what they had on, I, I, I you know, I was just saying, saying to myself, like, they know we can see them. Come on, somebody. Oh, y'all quiet this morning. But you don't want to take a young girl, see I gotta teach it right, who's 16, striving to live for God, but you wanna make a dress like she's 60. See that ain't gonna work. You can't put that on that child. Come on somebody and tell her she needs to be different. Yeah, she does need to be different at school, but she don't need to be walking around the high school hallway looking like somebody's grandmama. Y'all know I'm going to preach it up in here. Yeah, no, that's wrong right there. Am I right about that? Because some folk would just try to go out of their way to do things. That, hey, no, it don't take all that. You done got off into yourself. Y'all know I'm right about it. And so notice, again, we can be different in a bad sense, or we can choose to be different in a good sense. But it's up to you, and it's up to me. Are y'all hearing me? Let me show you why that's important. Notice Matthew 7. Notice Matthew 7. I need to show you this scripture before we get into the main teaching. Notice Matthew, the seventh chapter. Notice Matthew, chapter 7, because I'm finna make a bold statement. We live in a time where there are more people who are different in a bad sense than there are those who are different from a good or godly standpoint or perspective. Come on. See, I'm, I'm teaching good up here. If you're going to choose to be different in a good way, Please recognize that you are surrounded by people who have no problem being different in a bad sense. How many of you ever noticed how folk who are determined to be different in an ungodly way are proud of what they do? 
They're not backing up off of how they live, how they feel. Right? And so if you're going to choose in these days to be different in a good sense, you are surrounded by people, listen to me carefully, who don't think like you. Come on. You're surrounded by people who don't share your same values. It would be good if the neighborhood you lived in that you could point a magic wand and make your neighbors be safe. Come on, you just be pointing at full house. But sometimes you'll see your neighbors doing things that you don't do. Playing loud music that you don't that you don't listen to. You got to teach like this because some folk get all bent out of shape because everybody ain't trying to live the way you trying to live. No, you got to understand. Therefore, don't want no part of being different in a good sense. And there are those who will tell you that it doesn't take all that. So let's deal with the scriptures, okay? Matthew 7. Y'all making me work this morning. Y'all making me work this morning. That's all right. Matthew 7 and verse 13. I want you to notice this now because I made a bold statement then. That there are going to be more folk who are different in a bad sense than there are people who are different in a good sense. Now I'm going to make another bold statement. According to what I'm about to read to you, and according to what Jesus himself is saying, there are more people going to hell than going to heaven. Do y'all realize that? There are more folk going to hell than going to heaven. But we live in a time where folk want you to act like everybody going to. Watch what Jesus said. See, see that, see to go to heaven, it's going to take you being different in a good sense. Right? Because heaven is a prepared place for a prepared Heaven ain't for everybody. Well, God designed it to be for everybody. It ain't for the devil and his angels because that's who God created hell for. Hell was created for the devil and his angels or demons. But when we want to be different in a bad sense, you can end up where they're going to be. And see, I don't want that. I don't want that. Number seven. I mean, Matthew seven. Law hammer. Matthew seven and 13. Notice what Jesus said. Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Notice when it comes to being different from a bad standpoint, it's going to be a lot of folk going that way. Jesus called it the broad way. He said broad is the way, listen carefully, that leads to destruction. So there's a lot of people on the path or the way to destruction. And Jesus said, when you look at the people who are on that path, there are many. There are many. There are many. But notice verse 14. Why is that? Why are so many people on do, going the broad way, even though it leads to destruction or hell or ruin? Because of verse 14. Because narrow 
is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. Watch what he said. And there are few who find it. Woo, so you've seen it for yourself. There are few who choose to be different in a good way. There are many who choose to be different in a bad way. And these group of people will not end up in the same place. So what is pastor saying this morning? That it pays in this life and the life to come to strive to be different in a godly way. Come on. It strives to be, to be good in a godly way. In other words, living right is worth it. Oh, I didn't get that. I said it's worth it. It's worth being talked about. It's worth not fitting in. Come on, somebody. It's worth people not calling you. It's worth friends leaving you. It's worth people walking away from you. Whatever I got to go through, it is worth it to live for Jesus. It's worth it in this life, and it's worth it in the life to come. Because like it or not, when you choose to be different, some people ain't going to like that. You would think when you strive to live holy and right that people would line up to let you know they're glad to see how you're living. But can I be honest? You can strive every day of your life to do right by God and to do right by other people. Preach it, Pastor. But there's still going to be somebody who don't like you. There's still going to be somebody who's going to put you down. Somebody in your family. Somebody in your church family. Somebody you work with. Oh, I'm teaching what I know. I'm teaching what I live. I know I strive to live right, but yet there are people that don't like me. And some of y'all look at me, not you, Pastor. Well, everybody like you don't know. That's the folk don't like me. They let me know that they don't like me. They do certain things to let me know they don't like me. But it's not going to make me change. I said it ain't going to make me change. I said it ain't going to make me turn back. It ain't going to make me change my mind about living for him. No! I'm living the best life. I'm happy about being saved. I'm happy about being in the church. I'm happy about being different. I'm looking around the congregation trying to see others who are happy. Are y'all happy? Are y'all happy? Are you happy this morning? If you're happy, give him a praise then. You don't have on your mind turning back. You don't have on your mind backsliding. You don't have on your mind going back to doing what you have no business doing. I gave up some stuff and I'm glad about it. Woo! Said I'm glad about it. Walked away from some people. Walked away from some stuff. Can I preach it right? 
Because whenever you walk away from the wrong people, God is determined to send the right people. How many know that's right? Whatever you give up for God, whatever you give up for God, whatever you walk away, He said you're going to receive it in this life 100-fold. Be seated. You don't understand these folk in the church, but they like, Pastor, I really don't know. I'm, I, 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 I'm thinking about just going. Man, I look at them like they're crazy. I don't miss the club. I don't miss going to the club. And I was a faithful club goer. But I don't miss it. I don't miss it. Because I know I'm living my best life. I don't miss it. Woo, some of y'all ain't saying nothing. You just like, Pastor, I don't miss the script club. I don't miss it. Because you have to be careful because sometimes the enemy will try to make you think living for God is so hard. But when you wasn't saved, you had it made. You had, but, but think about it. Woo. Notice. Lord, have mercy. They in the house. I want to show us how Caleb was different. I want to show us how he was different. Notice Numbers 14. I want to show you how Caleb was different. And a lot of folk don't like preaching like this. They don't, they don't like that holiness preaching. No, because folk going to say then, oh, there you go. There you go. See, they got all them rules. All them you can't do. You can't go. You can't say. But 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 do y'all realize anything that got order got rules? Right? When you get in God and get in him right, there are things you shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't what? Because he said what? That's all it takes. That's all it takes. If God tells you don't touch something, don't touch it. It ain't for you to think you're smarter than God and say to him, well, why not? I don't see nothing wrong with touching it. And then he goes saying, everybody else touching it. Why pass all the way preaching? We can't touch it. Other church folk touching it. And, and this is how folks here. They'll see folk touching like, they ain't dying. <laughs> Pastor, she just as whore. She is, I don't know what. She don't have disease. She don't look bad. Matter of fact, Pastor, her whore's lifestyle is providing for her pretty good. And I'm over here maintaining myself going through stuff. And offers have been made to me, Pastor. But see, you got to know that living right is worth it. Come on. I'm teaching good. Because if you don't believe me, the enemy will show you people who are living wrong and make you think they got it going on. And look at you over here in this church. 
See, sometimes you'll get, you'll get upset with people in enmity. You need to show her. You need to show her who she playing, who, who, who you really is. And beat her down. Then repent. Now, some of y'all sit there acting like when folk make you mad, you, all you do is think about praying. That's all. That's all. No, sometimes folk make you mad, you want to lay hands. You, you, you want to get them saved, don't you? I'm, 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 I'm going to get her. Y'all ain't never want to slap nobody. You ain't never had visions of slapping folk. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I need some more Holy Ghost. <laughs> Notice Numbers 14. When y'all get quiet like that, y'all know it make me want to deal with it. Number 14, verse number 11. Yeah, you know, you have folk when you, when you start talking, living right. And, and, then, and then you have people, sadly, they deceive into thinking that you can't do it. It can't be done. Now, listen, nobody is perfect. But if God said, be ye holy, for I am holy, then how am I to look at him and say, Lord, I can't be holy? If you couldn't be holy, he wouldn't have told you to be holy. Right? Yeah. Numbers 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, number 14 and verse 11. Then the Lord, I'm showing you where Caleb was different. Then the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people reject me? How long will they not believe me? With all the signs which I have performed among them. In this verse lists three ways in which Caleb was different. Number one, notice that Israel rejected God. To reject means to throw back. They did not want a covenant relationship with Jehovah. They rejected him. When it came to his ways, they said, we want none of your ways. Come on. But Israel was like a lot of us. They didn't totally want to reject God because they knew at some point, teach it, pastor, they would need God. Come on. Isn't it amazing how folk reject God until they need God? Come on. Parents, you have to teach that to your children. Look, don't ignore God. Don't reject God and then get in trouble and call on God. Because I don't tell you what folk won't tell you. He won't always answer you. You know how folk love to tell you, well, if you just call on God anytime, God will help you anytime. God will always hear your prayer. That's a lie. He says through the prophet that you will call upon me one day and I will not answer you. Why will he not answer you? Because when he called you, you rejected him. And see, I don't know a number. I can't put a number on it and say you can reject him five times. You can reject him 50 times. I don't know the number. But there is a time when God can get fed up with every person. And he can say about you, I'm done trying to reach her. She's rejected me. She doesn't want my help. So I'm going to step back. 
And see, when he stepped back, you may end up in the hospital with tubes running in and out of your body and doctors looking at you saying, there's nothing we can do for you. See, that's why you're not live holy. That's why you're not live holy even when y'all ain't around. Because I know how much I need God. That's why I'd rather all y'all get mad at me and God be happy with me. Why? Because I need him. Because y'all can't help me like God. Come on, you ought to be looking at me saying, Pastor, you can't help me like God help me. And show you right. Look at somebody and say, show you right. I'm almost done. But they rejected him. See, Caleb in being different, he said, I'm not going to reject God. Come on. Are y'all in the house? Caleb said, I'm not going to reject God. I'm not going to be disobedient. Have just something about an obedient child. Come on, I'm, I'm trying to go on, but that, that, I just I just had a flashback. That, it's just something about an obedient child. Some of y'all still like, what? What is it? You want to bless them. You want to be good to them. If a child is obedient, let me see how many good parents I got to hear. If a child is obedient, you don't want to just do for that child what they ask. You want to do more. He just asked for one pair of shoes going back to school. But because you know that boy is obedient, strive to do what you tell him to do, you got him two pair. Come on, and they ain't from Family Dollar either. And ain't nothing wrong with that if that's where you at. Come on now. Now, mama, you can't be in red bottoms and your child in... You know, you got to get them something good. Now, I ain't for just getting them, you know, that real expensive stuff. I'm not. Did I tell y'all that time I learned that lesson? How I learned that lesson? I learned it with Minister Cochran. I had bought him some. He, he couldn't even walk. And I bought him some $80. And th- th- y'all, this is like 15, 20 years ago. So that's a lot of money. I bought him some $80 Jordans. And he couldn't even walk. And one day we was in Walmart. And we was just riding along. And he was just crying up a storm in the buggy. And I'm like, Donald, what's wrong with him? You know, you know how daddy do. Like, that's just embarrassing. What's wrong with him? You know, I'm looking at him like, do something. Get him under control or something. Y'all know some of did it. Some of did Some of y'all, y'all real, you know. But back then I was just, you know, Donald was, you know, that Donald department. I said, Donna, do something. She said, I can't. I said, what's wrong with it? She said, he crying for them shoes. I want shoes. And I think it was some Mickey Mouse. Four dollars. Four dollars. I looked at Donna. I said, get them and keep getting them. And I was wishing right then I had my receipt for them Jordans. He, he didn't ever have to cry about that no more. Or it might have been Power Rangers. Hey, get him. 
Four dollars versus eighty. <laughs> See, some of you making a mistake right now. Now I don't want to put small children in design. They grow too fast. Huh? Now some of the kids looking like, man, pal, man, you messing me up, man, pal, man, pal, up there teaching. <laughs> Number two, notice that in the text, the Lord says, "How long will they not believe me?" See, that's the second way Josh, Caleb was going to be different. He was going to believe God. He was going to be different and believe God. See, saints, if we're going to be different in a good way, regardless of what you go through, regardless of the trials you face, you have to decide that I'm going to believe God. I'm going to trust God. Because when you only trust God when things are good, but you complain when things are tough or challenging. There's nothing different about you. Because even the sinner will rejoice when everything is well. Y'all ought to give me more amen because this is a good teaching. Ain't nothing different about you when everything good in your life, you happy. When you're going through something, when something don't go your way, you complaining and you mad. Now how many can find a lot of folk like that? How many know a lot of people like that? That when things are good for them, watch this, they treat you good. Come on, get your hands up. I can't see elbows. How many know somebody like that? When things are good for them, they treat everybody around them good because it's going good for them. But when things are tough for them, you better watch out. Come on, there are men married to wives like that. Long as that money flowing, long as everything just, oh, oh, brother, you the man. You the man, but you start going through challenging times. She won't out. She's grouchy. She don't want to pay her rent. I ain't talking about the house payment either. Huh? <laughs> Woo! telling you. You have women when things are not right, they shut down. I'm finna move on. The kitchen is closed. Ain't no buffet today. Have it like you want it, that week gone. Mama mad. And if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody in here going to be happy. See, I learned to change that. Finally. Now, some of my brothers that ain't been in church, all, all they ain't been involved the whole service. Now they woke up, preach pastor. She need to open up that kitchen, Pastor. Go on and tell. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Woo, y'all know y'all act like that. Make me want to stay there. 
It do. I'm trying to move on. Y'all, y'all know until we mature, really mature, when people can tell the difference, when things are going good versus when you're going through something, that ain't good. That ain't good. Paul said, I learned how to be a base. I learned how to abound. In all things, I learned how to be content. Some folks are only happy when they're up. But you got to learn, just like you're happy on the mountain, God gives you joy in the valley. Come on, somebody know I'm right about. Some of y'all better grow up because I be up here preaching and I can tell when you are things going your way and I can tell when they're not going your way. How you doing, my brother? Yeah. Oh, God. Hey, good to see you, brother. Yeah, okay. But when they go in their way, hey, what's up? They dapping y'all up, giving y'all the shoulder and all. <laughs> See, we got to stop that. You have to learn to be happy when your money is where you want it to be. But you have to learn to be happy when your money is not where you currently want it to be. If you're two different people, you have different personalities based upon what you're going through. And I don't like dealing with people with split personality. Because you never know who you're dealing with. i never forget years ago, we had, we had just a little bit of money. And people wanted to go to a restaurant. Back then it was Houston's Steakhouse. We didn't have Steakhouse money. And I told Don, I said, they done invited us. I said, we're going to go. I said, we're going to go. She looked at me. She said, you must know something I don't know. I said, no. Nah. I said, you said we got such and such, don't we? I said, well. I said, let's go. She said, that's going to take everything we got. We can just go over here, eat this special. And I said, no, Donna. I said, that ain't. I said, we don't need to do that. I said, we're going to go. We're going to have a good time. Even though we're going to be around people who had more than what we had. So we're going to have to eat with people who could order anything off the menu. But see, what I want to teach Donna was we have to be happy even when we can't do what others can do. We're going to go in here, be happy, and order what we can order, do what we can do, and have a good time doing it. Now, I hate that y'all got happy because we didn't have a good time. <laughs> y'all thought that story was going to end good then. Y'all ready to shout then. It wasn't no good time. Because Donna was mad. She looked at that menu. And she was letting me know. But you have to learn. Because if you don't, you're going to become a jealous, envious person. Always wanting what others have. Always wanting to be somebody else other than who God created you to be. 
Oh, I know that'll preach, but I got to go. I know that'll preach right there. You have to learn to celebrate yourself. You have to learn to be happy with where God has you. Learn to be happy with what God has gave you. Learn to be happy. Where my women ministry at? You got to learn that. Take yourself to the movie. Go out to eat by yourself. Buy yourself something. Treat yourself. Be seated. Well, Pastor, I just ain't nobody complimenting me today. Do you know you look good? Do you know you sharp? Get in a mirror and compliment yourself. We got to go. Listen. Look at the latter part. God said, they have not believed me. Notice the final part. With all the signs which I have performed among them. Notice that they did not appreciate what God had already done. Joshua was going to be different. Tell your neighbor, you have to learn. To appreciate what God has already done. Good to have your list. Good to have your vision board. But don't ever forget what he has already done. Because when you do, unhappiness is going to show up. And it's going to run your life. See, Joshua looked at them people and said, this is the God who brought us out of Egypt. This is the God who took us from being slaves and is taking us to the promised land. And y'all don't appreciate him. See, Joshua appreciated the wilderness. I'm close. He appreciated the wilderness. God looks for people who are different. See, most of you, you're going to be happy if you're driving a Mercedes. You're going to be happy when, when you're driving your Porsche. You're going to be happy when you get whatever it is that you, that you want. But see, I'm coming to tell you, God looks for people who can be happy with what they're driving now because they know it came from God. I know you're going to upgrade your house. I know you need more room. I know you need another garage and this, that, and that. But God looks for people who can go home and say, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord in this house. We'll serve Him in a bigger house. We'll serve Him with no house. In my clothes, the scriptures I read, what made Caleb different is that when he got in the promised land, he went up to Joshua. He said, I was 40 years old when we spied out the land. And God told us what he had. Now, the others didn't believe. But Joshua, you know, me and you, 
we kept believing. In the wilderness, you remember, God took everybody 20 and up and said every one of them going to die in the wilderness. And I'm going to raise up everybody else and take them to the promised land. Joshua said, Caleb said to Joshua, you know that I was different. Imagine, saints, what it took in the wilderness Seeing all them people dying. But still having embedded in you. I'm going to get done what God told me to do. Why is that important to refuge? Because August is the month to get things done. Some of you didn't even say it. I said August for a place of refuge, Noonan, Georgia. This is the month to get things. To get things what? To get things what? To get things. To get things. To get things. things. Somebody shout period. No excuses. Period. Get it done in that house. Get it done in that business. Get it done in that marriage. Get it done concerning your body. 45 years later, he arrives in the place. He tells Joshua, he said, I'm 85 years old. I'm finna preach, brother Rock. Well, I'm already preaching. But Joshua didn't come up, Caleb didn't go up to Joshua and say, Joshua, you know the Lord had something for me, man. Oh, that done got old. Just take what he was going to give, man. Just give it to them young people. I can't, I can't do nothing with it. I'm too old now. See, see, it's, it's, it's an old person in here about to get you a convertible. Yeah, it's an old person in here. You about to get your dream car. You, you about to get the car you wanted when you was. See, he didn't go up there just. But, but Daniel, he went up to Joshua and he said, I'm 85 years old. He said, I'm just as strong now. He said, I'm just as strong right now as I was back then. Some of you should be ashamed of yourself. At 32, you too tired to do what you need to do. And here's a man, 85. Listen, 85 and ready to fight somebody. Now, the children of Enoch, the giants, lived in the mountains. From a military standpoint, they held the advantage. Because up high, you can see the enemy coming. And with all that being said, Caleb didn't care. 
The only thing he cared about, Minister Sharika, was knowing that God was still with him. And he said, I'm taking my 85-year-old self up here with my family. And we're going to drive out these giants. And Joshua 15 said, they went up and drove out the three sons of Anak, or the giants. He drove them out of the mountains. Because when you look at Hebron, it was a beautiful place that set up high. You know where they get the house on the eel? See, he set high. This is what I'm saying. If that man can be 85 and believe God and get his promised land, what are we waiting for? If it's the degree, what? are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? What excuses do you have? Charles Caleb did not mind being I don't want what God has for Deacon Hill. I don't want what God has for Brother Harden. I don't want what God has for Brother Ford. I want Brother Ford to get what God has for him. I want Brother Harden to get what God has for him. I want Deacon Hill to get what God has for him. But I want to get what God has for me. Hold on, don't clap. Because if I can get what God has for me, then I can turn around and I can help other people get what God has for them. Listen, I'm finna close. You can't help nobody else if you won't get up and help yourself. Now, he already told y'all refuge. I'm with you. I'm going to empower you to get things done. Look at your neighbor and ask him or her, what are you waiting for? Amen. Jump to your feet and give God a tremendous hand of praise. I'm done. And as you're clapping, tell three folk, I don't mind being different pray that you are blessed by today's message be sure to listen and share other messages available through our podcast outreach we thank you for all of your past present and future support for our ministry and remember jesus is a refuge